Hi, friends. Welcome to Your Life, Your Story. I'm your host, Jill O'Boyle. This podcast is all about turning your battles into breakthroughs and helping you rise up. Perhaps you feel stuck. Life feels heavy right now. You want to numb the pain with all the wrong things in life just to get by. But could your battles in your life actually be perfectly placed in your life for a reason? Could you use these battles as your breakthrough? On this podcast, I will uncover how you can do just that. Not only will I share my personal story, but I am honored to have some amazing guests on the show who are opening up about their life and the battles they have gone through. But through faith and God's calling, they didn't give up. They're now living their best life. And here's the thing. So can you. So if you're there, you're ready to let go of the chains and discover freedom on the other side, then join me inside and let's rise up together. I am so excited for today's guest. Today, you have the privilege of hearing from a woman who is a true testimony of turning her battle into a breakthrough. Michelle Corio is a keynote speaker and advocate for victims of violent crimes. She's an author of an international bestseller book, Bound. And in 2010, she was awarded the Special Courage Award presented by U.S. Attorney General. I am honored to have her share her story with you, which is a story of triumph over tragedy. And Michelle is going to share how she used faith and strength to overcome being a victim of sexual assault. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Jill. It's such an honor and it's so fun to be with you. So thank you. Yeah. So Michelle, if you remember, you and I met at the VIP Women's Center where you spoke at the women's conference there a few months ago, and you probably didn't notice, but I was two rows behind and my eyes were just like filling with tears. I was so inspired by your story and just the strength that you had to just stand up there and confess to all of these women, like what you have been through and why you're sharing it. And so in this podcast, I share how our battles in life can be our breakthrough. And I truly believe that your story is a breakthrough, like never before. So I'm going to stop talking, turn this over to you. Have you share your story about that day? and how your life as you knew it would forever be changed. Well, thank you so much. And you know what? We are on the same path because I agree with everything that you said, but thank you for this opportunity. You never know when you're talking, even if it's one person that you affect in a positive way. And that's what I'm all about and sharing my story. So um, I'm going to give you the brief synopsis because I know we're going to open it up and, and just to answer some questions, but I'll just be brief about what happened to me because it's more about what happened and what took place after and how you get through things. There was so much blood I saw. Try my best to remain calm. Fighting through their vicious claws. Staying strong. Praying hard. This day may be my last. Why me? Why this is happening? Just want to tell my mom I love her when I get the chance. So... I was actually coming home from work one late night. 
And I lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana, actually at the time. So all of anybody who's listening from Fort Wayne, Indiana, that's uh, that's where I, yeah, right. Exactly. So I was coming home and I was driving down the street and, you know, I totally believe in that gut. You know, I think Mm -hmm. God just kind of nudges you sometimes and gives you that gut feeling. I had that gut feeling when I saw three individuals walking down the middle of my street. And so I went around the block and, um, drove around. When I came back down, they were gone. And I pulled up to my front door and I grabbed my things out of my car and I walked up to my front door. And the next thing you know, I was on the ground. I had no idea. I mean, I think I was in denial at that time, but um, I thought I tripped. Hopefully I tripped and realized that when I lifted my head up, that the blood came rushing down my face. And as I lifted my head up, I heard this voice come at me that said, if you scream, I will use this as he put a gun to my head. Yeah. And yeah, no, there's no feeling word that could describe that moment, but I knew that I was going to die. So I begged for my life. I begged him to take my things. I wouldn't tell anybody. I, I promised um, he could have whatever he wanted. And instead he picked me up from the ground and told me not to look at him. And I was going to do anything that he asked me to. And so he, um, you know, held the gun to my back and shoved me to my backyard. And that's where I saw four other feet and two other handguns. And it happened to be the three individuals walking down the middle of my street. Mm. And so they began to, you know, converse about what they were going to do. I took another opportunity to beg for my life. And um, they began to tie my hands behind my back and blindfold and gag me. Um, and then ultimately driving my car down the alleyway and then throwing me into the trunk of my car. As they threw me into the trunk of my car and, you know, the trunk closed, I immediately began to get my hands free and try and search for a way out of the trunk. And I realized that every time they hit the brake, that the light came on in the trunk And I tried to be as quiet as possible in fear of what they might do if I would create any noise. Mm -hmm. And so I did get my hands free and I couldn't find a way out without making any kind of noise. And I am a very faithful person too. So I prayed, I prayed to God to save my life that night that I wanted to tell my mom, I loved her one more time. And I actually ultimately took off a ring and a bracelet that I was wearing. The ring was my grandmother's and the bracelet um, was from the guy that I was dating at the time. And I hid them in the crevice of my trunk in hopes that at least somebody would know that I was in the trunk of my car. Wow. And that's when the car stopped and they got me out. And of course they were upset that I got my hands free. And so they, with great force, tied my hands behind my back and re-blindfolded and gagged me and ran me down um, an alleyway. I just remember the gravel on my feet because I had lost my shoes and them throwing me across the fence. So I, they took me into a closed in, you know, garage and they ripped my clothes off and all three of them took turns beating me and raping me in every which way they could figure out. So I lost my life in that garage that night. I will never know who I would have been. Mm -hmm. And again, there's no feeling word that can describe that moment. I can only say that it was more like an out of body experience because I believe to have felt that, um, maybe I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Yeah. 
And just yeah. to think that the thing that I love when you were sharing that is that you, the thought of taking the bracelet off in the ring, like nobody can, as you said, nobody can ever imagine what it feels like knowing that you're going to die. Right. I mean, in the thought that you are already thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going to take these off. So somebody knows that I was taken, that I was in my trunk of my car. I mean, I can't even imagine how you thought of something like that. Like all I could think of if, if I was in that situation would be just to keep praying. And I, I don't know, but I guess it's an act of God to say, telling you what to do. I don't know. Right. It's, you know, you, you don't ever want to envision yourself in that place. You know, you don't think it will ever happen to you, you know, and being a single female and, you know, coming and going and working late hours sometimes, you know, you're safe every time, you know, you come home and you take that for granted and you don't think that it can happen to you. And it's really quite amazing, you know, and again, God was so ever present. I have so many stories of God's presence in that night and, and after, and, um, you know, just Jesus being in the trunk with me. And, but you just don't know what you're capable of doing. Right. And that was really a testimony to me when I started sharing my story was, wow, how did I, how did I do that? Like, what if that happened again? What could I do that again? You know? Mm -hmm. So it is, it's really quite amazing how, you know, you react or how you respond or, you know, God's present in that, that moment. So, but yeah, there's, like I said, no feeling word that could describe that. And when they were done, they took me back down the alleyway and then threw me back into the trunk of my car. And that is when I went unconscious and I have no idea what time lapsed, but I just remember hearing this voice. And this time this voice was different. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is all going to happen again. And I just took a chance and I kicked on the trunk of my car. And that's when this voice came back at me that said, I am detective Arthur Billingsley of the Fort Wayne police department. And I'm going to get you out. Oh my gosh. Again, like I really truly believed I was living a nightmare. I believe that I was in denial. I thought this really didn't happen to me. This is just a nightmare that feels really real to me. And I remember closing and opening my eyes thinking this can't be real. This can't be real. And I will tell you um, now what I know about Detective Billingsley. He happened to be at um, on a child investigation case, and his way was always getting off work. He would always go drive around, but this particular night, he said, "I'm going home. I'm not. I'm not going back out." And he actually pulled his car up, went home, and and felt this nudge. And this yep, nudge yep. said, "Go back out." And he said, "I'm not going back out tonight. I am exhausted." another nudge, go back out. No, I'm not going back out. That third nudge, he said, got back in his car and he went back out. And you know, he could have turned right or left. Right. He turned right. And he turned right down a back street behind a restaurant that these guys had parked my car at a wooded lot in a wooded lot. And they were going to rob the restaurant. Detective Billingsley happened to see them at the back of the restaurant thinking they were locking up and they took off running toward my car, um, that was parked in a wooded lot and he saw the light go on. Mm -hmm. So that night he was able to handcuff one of the guys and catch one of the guys that night. So that's how he found me out of the trunk of my car. And he could have never imagined what he was coming upon. 
And he said, without that kick on the trunk, he wouldn't even have thought to look in the trunk for somebody, you know, like, you know, they're just not trained to be, I mean, really to be on, um, you know, uh, something that's taking place that night. Usually it's after the effect, the fact, you know, of a crime happening, but to be yeah, in one yeah. happening is, is not, you know, an everyday occurrence. So he knows that was God that mm-hmm. nudged him to go back out. And he saved my life that night without him. Mm-hmm. I believe I wouldn't be here, you know, without God nudging him. Absolutely. So it's really, once that trunk opened is when the nightmare really began for me. And um, that denial set in tough because I did not want to believe that this happened. I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. And when I got out of the trunk, there were a thousand lights, like everybody was there. And all I wanted to do was not see anybody and not tell anybody and not believe that this really happened. I couldn't be in denial anymore, that it really was real. Sure, and sure. So, like I said, that's what the nightmare really began for me. And, you know, you make a choice whether you are going to, you know, move on from here or whether you're going to dig yourself in a corner. And trust me, I struggled with both, you know, and moving forward. So absolutely. I just love how I talk a lot about intuition and God and faith and calling. And there was two instances there in your story where coming home you saw the men walking down the street and something just felt off. And then with the officer too, I mean, coming home, could have shut it down, could have went to bed, could have ignored that nudge of something's wrong. And so both instances, I just, it's amazing to me how many times God gives us little clues and signs Mm -hmm. to go out and follow our faith and, and trusting that gut and that instinct. And I mean, yeah, it could, that story could have went a total different way. Yes. If- and it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to follow that. I mean, when you're exhausted and you don't oh, want yeah. to, you know, all you want to do is go home. And I mean, we have those choices, Yeah, you know, and to listen to your gut. And I totally believe in that, that instinct mm-hmm. and that calling and now, no matter if I'm tired or not, you know, or right. if I have an opportunity, I try not to pass one up because I know how um, precious life is and how it can end in a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense. My episode for next week is all about calling and purpose and, and trusting those little voices. And for my story as well, it didn't make sense. God was telling me to speak openly about an affair. Nobody does that. And right. I'm like, I shut it down so many times and it's when I started opening up and realizing that I'm serving so many women and people, women coming to me and saying, you too, thank you right. for letting me know that I'm not alone. Right. And I feel yes. like in your story, like, what was that moment for you where you could finally, you mentioned like you were mad. I remember when you were talking at the women's center, um, you mentioned for a while, you were really mad about the media. Mm-hmm. You know, here you were, you're, and I, I get it. Cause you've just been hurt and robbed and in this moment of losing your life. And now your name is spread all over Fox or every media station. And you talked that day about how you were angry and mad. Um, but now you're, you're at ease. You, you mentioned God and faith and that you're opening to share your story, but can you talk a little bit about that? And like, what was sure. going on during that time? Absolutely. Well, anger and, um, denial and fear became my best friends. 
Mm-hmm. So for, for many years, um, and yes, I was mad at anybody who talked about it because my privacy, you know, was no longer like, again, that denial set in and I didn't, I didn't want to really admit that this happened to me. I mean, there's, there was some embarrassment. Could I have done something to get out of this? Could I, you know, yeah. and the, the media, nobody really knows to say that you understand to someone, nobody, I, I just don't, I don't like that because how could we ever understand each other? We come from different walks of life. We were raised differently. Our parents are all different. Um, So it's hard to understand, but you try, you know? And so when the media portrayed my story, it was like, oh, she's fine. She's home now. You know, everything is great. Well, not, it was far from great. Like my life was a crazy turned up mess and it was dark and it was dreary. And I looked in the mirror and I didn't like who I saw. I didn't like who I became. I felt like I, you know, I'd wake up one day and, and think that today's going to be a good day. I'm going to, I'm going to get through this. This is going to, I'm going to get over this. I'm going to get through this. Well, it doesn't happen like that. And I didn't allow to give myself that grace to go through it because what I learned is going through it is the best way you can do. And it hurts and it's painful and it's dark and it's, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I tried to go over under and around it and eventually you're going to have to go through it, whether you do it now or in 10 years, it's going to happen. And so, you know, every day was different for me. And it wasn't until years later when I began speaking that I realized that, and that now I was able to tell people that to hopefully help them in the healing process is, you know, feel that grief, cry, let it out, be mad, you know, find coping mechanisms. Mine was, I went, I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of journaling that was healthy for me. I did a lot of running. I'm, I love exercise and I love, I'm a runner. So I ran on my treadmill. I wasn't so free to run outside. I didn't feel safe yet, but I'm back to running outside, which is a miracle Yay. and amazing. Yes. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. I, I ran this morning, as a matter of fact, Good for you. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going through that and it's giving yourself the grace and we don't do that. I just don't think we do that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you might think that you're taking steps backwards, but those steps backwards are really healing steps because are. those are the steps that are going to help you make you know, steps forward. So, and I beat myself up for that. I mean, in my journal, I would just write and write and write how disappointed I was in myself and why can't I get through this? And I think that that's the hardest thing is to try and articulate it because you can't, Mm -hmm. it's not something that, you know, that, that you can really have somebody feel, you know, Mm -hmm. it's your own, but to try and I guess articulate it, but it's very difficult. And that's what I would tell people, you know, I, when I talk to first responders, it's hard for me because even though I had support, it, it didn't, I felt alone and isolated and I'm the one that had to deal with it. Everybody else was going on with their lives, like the media. And all they wanted to do was tell a story, but what happened with that. And what I realized within time was I got the opportunity because later on down the road, I have been working in victim services now for almost probably 24 years and it's changed my life. Like I have gotten to talk to those first responders and realize they have a job to do 
and realize the media has a job to do. So how can we become friends and how can we work together to give dignity and respect to those victims of crime and abuse? So that's where I kind of came from. Um, And it has been such a, an amazing journey to learn what their roles were. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm able to help survivors in a deeper way to, you know, help explain here's their role, but even the media, those, you know, sometimes the media just wanted the story. And I was able to take, um, one of the gals who shared my story Um, her name is Karen Hensel. And she was in Fort Wayne at the time. And she moved to Indy and she, um, uh, she was an anchor on, um, on the news and we became really good friends. And you know what? She was so passionate about helping people and you don't realize that until you really dig deep and you get to know people and opportunities open. And we were able to do some work together, you know, in giving dignity and respect to victims of crime and abuse. So that's just been such a beautiful journey. And you don't realize what comes out of that when you can realize that more things, more good things, um, come out of something so bad it that's when you know that you've yeah. kind of come out on the other side yeah. right it even though it's so circle. painful right yeah. even though it was a decision that you made or you made a mistake or whatever there is hope there is always hope yeah. and sometimes that can be so beautiful because you can really change somebody's life we're here to serve others mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like it's such a beautiful you know, I love it. Even though I didn't want this to happen to me, so many more good things have happened than bad out of it. And that's what my daughter said. You know, my daughter said, my mom wouldn't be who she is. I didn't want this to happen to my mom, but my mom wouldn't be who she is if it didn't, right. you know, and you know, how beautiful is that? Because I can't take it back. No, you can't. Right? And you, yeah. so you have to, you have to move on and you have to go through it. Like you said, you can't go around it, under it, over it you have to deal with that pain, that battle, whatever it was. And we're not going to understand, um, right. God will bring us through things to make us stronger. And right. like your daughter said that forever has changed you, but it's changed you in a better way. And it's reminds me of my favorite scripture of all time. Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for the good, according mm-hmm. to God's purpose. And so we might not understand it at all in life. Like I was the same way in my own story in an affair and why, I went through that. Why did I make that mistake? I love my family. I love my husband, but it wasn't until I could go through it and journal like you did and make time for God and pray about it that I could see too, in my own story, how I was meant to go through this to help other women who are going through it and make them not feel so alone. And your story is just, just an amazing testimony, Michelle. I am just so in all of you and your strength and And your husband, who was your boyfriend at the time, when we were at the women's center, you mentioned him as like a secondary victim. And I remember sobbing because I thought of my own husband Mm. and what he was dealing with, with the affair and how you called that a secondary victim. And I thought, wow, how strong is she? Because she was clear. You were clearly the victim in that instant, but that you could recognize that not only were you the victim, but he was also the secondary victim in dealing with that. And right. Yeah. And, and that took a while, you know, it's the people that we love the most that we like, he went through a lot. He's Mm -hmm. the one that bared the brunt of the pain for me because he was there and 
he's the one that I pushed away the most because he was the one that I went to. And he, he actually happened to be at the scene of the crime as well uh, because they called him and they didn't know where I was because, you know, the scene obviously with my head being, you know, was bleeding and um, he was, he thought that I really had died. He thought I was dead. He thought something really horrific happened to me. And, you know, can you imagine being there and then, you know, rushing, finding out that I was at the hospital and rushing to the hospital and being by my side and watching me go through that and witnessing the pain and the grief, the years, many years afterwards. And it was hard because he was the one that I pushed away and he couldn't do, he felt helpless, you know, and he tried to do everything that I asked him to do. You know, I just need you to sit here and listen. And he'd sit there and listen. And then I'd ask him, why aren't you talking today? We can laugh about that, you know, but it it wasn't funny then, you know, it it really wasn't. Um, But we do laugh about it now. And he just, he held on and I'm so grateful he did because we have such a beautiful life, but it's rare that somebody stays with somebody through such a dark time and through such a difficult time. And you know, he was going through himself, just see watching that, but being at the scene and not knowing how to help me and being scared and what does life look like? And, you know, how can I, what, what can I do? And, um, that was really difficult for him. And he talks about it. He talks about watching me in the car on the ride home from the hospital and looking over at me. And I was just the shell of a person. And imagine, you know, we had built our relationship on friendship and we were best friends and we, you know, we're together all the time and you lost your, you know, he lost who I was, right. You know, I was not who I was anymore. You know, that has to be really scary all the way around. Yeah. Um, I think God brought him in your life for a purpose. And that was to be by your side. Because I remember you saying like, at one point you were like, this guy is too good for me. Yes. (laughs) Like I'm going to let him go. Yeah. And because he's just too good for me. And then this tragedy happens and he could have been like, I didn't sign up for this. Right. No. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we see most of the time. Yeah. 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 And he stayed because he loved me and he knew, you know, and we're forever grateful that it, you know, God knew, God knew what the plan was. And, you know, if, if you would have asked me today, if, well, ask me, you know, years ago, if my life could ever be what it is today, I would have said there is no chance, no chance, not a chance at all. And, you know, I was 32 when this happened. And when you're 32, you think your life is over, you know, right. <laughs> um, now that's changed. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, I can truly say that life doesn't get any better than this. And I have that sign hanging, you know, when I get up in the morning and when I walk out every day, Mm -hmm. I have that sign in two places in my house. And it's so true for us. I've got an amazing husband who is so grounded and two amazing, beautiful kids. And my son is named after, you know, the detective that saved my life and we celebrate life together and it can happen. And, and like I said, if you would have asked me, there's not a chance that any of this would have came to be. And here we are. I'm not saying it didn't come without a price because it comes with hard work. Does You know, I mean, we just, yeah, we just can't sit there and let things happen. You have to work at it, you know, but it is so worth it. I mean, I would do it, you know, I would work as hard or harder to get to this place of where I'm, where I'm at. I love that. Yeah. The battles in life are hard and they're tough. I have my saying in our houses start each day with a grateful heart because there were so many things in my life that I was so not 
grateful for. And when, until you go through a battle, you realize how blessed you already are. Right. And so that, I love that you have a saying in your house that you guys go by. Cause oh, every day I'm just thank God for all the blessings that he he's poured on us, even through the tough times in life, they always, always come out better. Yeah. And, and you know what? I know that there could be more tough times ahead, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. we all have battles to face. And so you, you just, you know, faithfully, we are prepared for them and, you know, we know God is on our side and yeah. that's how you, we live every day. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's, yeah. you know, our scripture in our house. And, um, we know, and you know what, there is always hope, no matter what you're facing, there is always hope. I truly believe that because I've faced so much trauma in my life mm-hmm. that I know that there is hope. Yes, there is. And that it, it can come to be. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I just commend your strength um, and standing strong in your faith, just knowing that you're helping serving so many women. And I know that my listeners are going to be very touched by the story. I know that they're going to want to reach out and you speak at events and organizations. So I'm sure some of my listeners, they all have organizations that they support. So Michelle, what is the best way for my listeners to get in touch with you for opportunities to just get to know you more and maybe to speak at some of their organizations? Yeah, I would love, I love the opportunity. So I have a website, which is michellecorreo.com. So yes, please reach out to me. Even if there's any questions, you know, I, people always say, oh, you're so busy. I am never too busy for people to reach out. I love to make connections. I love to help. I love to serve. Um, so please, I'd love to love to hear from you. Also, I'm super blessed that I got to, you know, write a book and about my journey yes. and as an inspiration. And hopefully, I, you know, my goal was to touch as many people to let them know the hope that's, that's out there. And, you know, I do that with grace and gratitude in my book called found. So would love if anybody's interested to look that up, um, to reach out to me, uh, you know, you can find the book on every platform. So, awesome. and just look at my website. Yeah. So yes. thank you for that. Well, opportunity. I will, yes, absolutely. I will put your website and the book in my show notes and everybody listening can go there as well. So thank you so much, Michelle. It's been so fun to, to a meet you one-on-one and talk through your story. And I just think that this is God's hand is in this and you're going to touch a lot of lives. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for your testimony. And, you know, I appreciate you and I appreciate this connection and this opportunity. So thank you. God bless you and all you do. God bless you. What an incredible testimony and a true battle through breakthrough. The first time I heard her story, I was in tears. When we meet people, we have no idea the battles people have gone through. Sometimes it's hard to see why things are happening in our lives, but your life is so profound. And as Michelle said, it takes reflection and time to heal and understand the why me. But once you can, you can rise up, be seen and be heard. 
You are capable of anything and owning our stories to help others is one of the most rewarding things that you can do. So don't give up hope. Keep holding on. Anything is possible. If you've noticed, I've included some music clips from the song Found by Brie DeMitt. Brie is a friend of Michelle's who uses music to share stories. Michelle shared with me how music is so healing to her and to have a song about her journey is such a gift and so beautiful. I personally am in love with the song and I've added it to my personal playlist as well. And so I've included a link to the full song in the show notes if you would like to take a listen. I love how Brie is sharing stories through music and an advocate for Your Voice Matters. Brie's mission is to give individuals an opportunity to truly be seen and heard by showing up and sharing their authentic self through storytelling music. If you are inspired by Michelle's story, please visit her website at michellecorio.com. That's michellecorrao.com. I've included a link in the show notes below. As she mentioned, she is also the author of her own book, Found, and that is listed in the show notes as well with a link to Amazon to order it. It is a must-read book. And sharing her story and standing up for victims of sexual assault is a mission of Michelle's. If you need help or have an event or organization that Michelle could speak at, please contact her at the information that I've included in the show notes below. Until next time, go out and make it a great day.